Hello there. I've been looking forward to this. This is where the fun begins. Take a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, clones and clankers, welcome back to the Jedi Jargon Podcast, your number one source for news, discussion, and analysis of all things Star Wars. This is Episode 9. My name is Jedi Master OB, and I first experienced the franchise through LEGO Star Wars. And this right here is Jedi Master Jeff, the boy who faced Darth Maul at Disney World and lived to tell the tale. Jeff, how you doing, man? Not gonna lie with you, my friend. The thing we are here to talk about today, it, uh... It shattered me this week. I'm shattered. Very apt. Yes. That's right, folks. We are here to discuss the penultimate episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 11, Shattered. All right, so give me some of your initial thoughts on the episode. Uh, You know, what you liked, what you didn't like, and then give me an overall grade for the episode, in your opinion. What I liked everything uh it was beautiful man uh the beautiful friendship between ahsoka and rex was explored even further in this episode we've talked about it before these are the two core characters main characters of this series and we saw their connection um at from the beginning of the episode and it was incredibly moving incredibly beautiful loved every second and it brought me to tears it was an it was a really emotional time watching it i've watched it mm-hmm. three times now since since it aired right. and uh at, for a grade this one gets this is the second a plus of uh this four part arc for me we got an a plus yeah an a Another A plus for me. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You know what? I think I am going to have to join you with an A plus. I mean, I think this whole last entire, entire last arc is deserving of the A plus category. Uh, We're going to get into it. You know, we're going to give our synopsis of the episode and we'll give our thoughts along the way. But I completely agree that Dave Filoni, Kevin Kiner, the entire team, they blew it out of the park with this one. So let's get right into it. Uh, Let's go ahead and sound the spoiler klaxons, because from here on out, everything we're going to be saying will be uh, in spoiler territory for Season 7, Episode 11 of The Clone Wars, Shattered. Alright folks, consider yourselves warned, everything from this point out will contain Spoilers. So, our episode begins just as the previous two have, with the green Lucasfilm Limited logo. The music is tense. We see the red Clone Wars logo, with no field of stars in the background. Then comes, in red lettering, Part 3, Shattered. We hear the trumpets heralding things to come, as the gunships land on Mandalore, and Gar Saxon is carried off by clones of the 332nd, still wearing the facial markings of Ahsoka Tano. Bo-Katan goes to meet with Ahsoka, and actually gives her her sabers back. Now that was interesting. I thought that she had lost her sabers. I don't know about you. I thought they were gone. Oh, I thought they were gone as well. I thought that may have been the little explainer 
for how she got her more katana like hilts that we saw in Rebels. Um, it, yeah, I hope they explain it in tomorrow's episode. Yeah, possibly. Um, they might get to that. They might not. But it would have been interesting uh, for her for them to have been lost, and it wouldn't have explained that little detail. But right. I mean, I feel like they had to give them back to her because how else would she have survived Order 66 without her weapons at her side? Right on, yeah. Right. Okay. So anyway, Bo wishes that she were good at something other than war. I kind of chuckled at that line, uh, almost like she were fishing for compliments, like, oh, no, like, don't worry, you're good at other things. <laughs> um, but but it made sense. It made, it made sense. Um, Ahsoka says that her people, the Mandalorians, are in need of a new kind of leader. And I wonder if that is hinting at what we're going to learn with The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, there hasn't been enough of a connection between these two shows for me yet, and I'm really hoping that they make up some ground uh, coming up with that. So, Rex comes forward and says that the Council is waiting for Ahsoka, and that Anakin was just at the meeting. We then see the Jedi Council meeting, or members of the Jedi Council meeting, uh, the same members that met in Revenge of the Sith, the same actual scene is playing out with the same voices, the same recording of the voice actors. So Anakin had just left the meeting, and Mace Windu says, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. That that entire scene is lifted straight from the movie and inserted into this episode. Now, this is the first time that we're actually getting a scene from Revenge of the Sith in the Clone Wars verbatim. Um, Ahsoka says that she will go with Rex to deliver Maul to Coruscant, and Yoda thanks her for her service to the Republic. And she says that she was only doing her duty as a citizen. Yoda asks if she did so as a Jedi, which to which uh, Ahsoka responds, no, not yet. Now, that was really interesting because it means that she may want to eventually go back. Now, we know that she won't get the chance to do so because Order 66 is pending, but it was in her head that she had the desire to maybe go back one day soon. She said that she wants to speak with General Skywalker, though Mace Windu says that he sent him to inform the Chancellor, that Kenobi has found General Grievous on Utapau. Ahsoka says that the war could soon be over, but Mace says that it depends on the Chancellor. And as Ahsoka inquires as to what he means, Mace Windu rudely brushes her off as a citizen, saying, it's Jedi business. Now, what were your thoughts on that, Jeff? That was very telling of his arrogance. Windu, great character, great Jedi, powerful Force user, but incredibly arrogant. I think his arrogance is representative of that of the Order itself. Um, that was a large part of his role in the prequel trilogy. If I don't know if you agree with that or not. Oh, I completely agree. There was a lot of hate on Twitter for Mace Windu after this Friday's episode. And I, I did join in the hate a little bit. Uh, I think that his portrayal in this episode really highlights, as you said, just the blind dogmatic arrogance of the Jedi and that Mace Windu is a vessel for that. He represents everything that is wrong with the Jedi that led to their downfall. So when he calls her a citizen, it's just that he, he, yeah, that's he can't up, bear. That is up... What did he say? Um, that matter is for the council's discussion or something like that. That is a... A matter exactly. of the exactly. council's interest only, citizen. Basically, that is Jedi business. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
when he can't even recognize, you know, maybe why she left the order. Maybe empathize with her a little bit. Maybe maybe try to walk a little bit in her shoes for just a moment. And maybe he could understand why she did what she did and how she did it. But but just instead that he is so blinded by the fact and offended by the fact that she left that he can't bear to give her the time of day. Yeah, that's all she is to the to the order, to him, right? Is just a traitor, someone who didn't have the strength to stick with her training. But in reality, it's his arrogance that drove her away, his hypocrisy, and the order's hypocrisy uh, that drove her away. And he just can't see it. Right. So after that little that little ditty, that little exchange, Kiari Mundi, Elo Sakura, and Mace Windu hop off the chat, so to speak. And Ahsoka is left with just the hologram of Yoda. And by the way, Yoda looks freaking cute when he's talking to her. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was <laughs> his eyes. Man. I don't know. But I love the Clone Wars portrayal of Yoda. So Yoda asks Ahsoka if she has more to say. And let me just add here, and I'll, and I'll mention it throughout, but, but especially here, the music was heartbreaking. Just the way that the strings were, were pulling on your heart, it's a moment that fate hinges upon itself. And he asks her if she has anything more to say, and Ahsoka responds, no, I'll wait to tell Anakin myself. And Yoda says, may the force be with you as the music swells, and we know that this is the last time that Ahsoka is going to be talking to Master Yoda. That we know of. They Until get off after we we know of. Everything. We know of. Right. Right. We might see something tomorrow. I don't know yet. And Rex inquires to Ahsoka, you know, why didn't you tell them about what Maul said? And the music here again just cuts like a knife. Kevin Kiner, you son of a bitch, you did it again. I'm I'm telling you, man, like it gives off such huge Blade Runner vibes almost. Yeah, I had the same exact note in my in my notes for this episode, OB. It's funny you say Blade Runner because the entire like next few minutes of the episode when um you know, I'll I'll kind of you know, jump ahead a little bit here, but as we move forward as the char- you know, as the characters depart Mandalore, get onto the cruiser and you know, start to leave, it there's not a lot of dialogue. And the music that just kind of is a, it's a haunt, right? It's haunting. It just sort of swells. And it's this extended synth, right? Like something out of Blade Runner. Exactly. And I didn't read the episode description before jumping into this. You know, I just I just knew the title of the episode, right? And So you didn't know that Order 66 was going to go off during yeah, I, this? I, I figured it was a possibility. And... The synth, man, the music, the haunting music throughout that extended sequence before all hell broke loose, you just knew something was going to go down. I, and for me, for that, that first time watching, I would give, I'd give my left hand to watch this episode for the first time again, like I did the other day, man, excellent genius. Might I just add, I just actually thought of this. This is not in my notes. I, I watched an interview in which Kevin Kiner was talking about uh, his use of the synth, you know, for for these episodes, 
And he didn't go into why he did it. He just talked about how it hadn't been done in Star Wars before. It's always been an orchestra. It's always been strings and brass and whatnot. But one thing I'm thinking of, and I know I just said that it reminded me of Blade Runner and reminded you of Blade Runner as well. Now let's just dig into that for a second. So the whole central idea of Blade Runner is that the replicants are people too, right? They are, at the end of the day, just as human as the actual humans to the point where we don't even know that our main character is a replicant until the end of the movie, right? Right. I think that that was a bit of a wink and a nod to the nature of the clones in this episode and how, with Order 66, they became mindless replicants and their humanity was lost. I agree. Um, well, actually, I don't agree. Um, I, it's a valid take. I didn't connect the dots in the same way um, that you just did. But that's a great point, um, that the repli- the replicants are really similar to the clones in that, and Rex says it, to Ahsoka, like, you know, I know, I know this war isn't necessarily just, which is an incredible, it's incredibly, an incredibly revealing comment by Rex that he even questions the nature of the war. Mm-hmm. But it just brings in into question also the nature of his own existence. We wouldn't right. exist if it weren't for this war. He's speaking for mm-hmm. himself and his brothers when he says that and that was just like i said it just an well, that, incredibly well that's what i'm saying revealing it, line from rex mm-hmm. and i'm only realizing it now the 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 deep connection in my opinion with blade runner thematically um, hell yeah thema- exactly thematically yes i think that the music just underscores that the idea that you know they are human but they're also not and they had their humanity stripped from them by this order. Uh, because we've watched them be individuals for the last 11 years on this show, practically. The last seven seasons, we've watched these clones blossom into beautiful individual beings. And now in this episode, when Order 66 is declared, all of that is stripped away. And they become the mindless ghosts, phantoms, essentially, you know, the, the, the soulless beings that we see them in episode three. I mean, the only clone in the movie that we get to know is Cody. And as soon as Order 66 is declared, he says, blast him. Right. You know. Right. And again, the connection between the replicants and the clones throughout the series, they would talk about the mission, the great mission the final mission, the nightmare that would play through their minds in their sleep, right? And we know what that would eventually become for them. But it's, for them it was real. It was always real, even though it was just implanted in their minds. And similarly with rep- the replicants in the Blade Runner universe, we see it with Decker and we see it in K in 2049. All that was placed in their minds by someone else for a purpose was still real to them um and when they discover that it you know we see this with fives we see this with rex now when they discover that those things were just placed there 
just brings into question their the nature of their own existence for them. It's wild. It really, it really is. That's what made this episode so much more heavy. Just beyond the fact that they were going to go after the Jedi, just that these clones that we had come to know and love were going to become the villains of this story in in the blink of an eye. So we're almost to that point with our recap, but let's let's just go back just a little bit. So after Ahsoka talks with the Council, Bo-Katan and Ursa Wren lead Maul out in this chamber that resembles an earlier version of Carbonite, or reminds me of Hannibal Lecter, actually. Uh, and Bo-Katan tells Ahsoka that this contraption is actually the last of its kind, and that the Mandalorians are basically turning a new leaf away from this draconian kind of um, practice. Now, I think that there is definitely more to Ahsoka's story with Bo-Katan that we're going to see. That handshake just didn't seem like a final goodbye. It felt like a, a solemn see you later, if you will, in my opinion. I agree. Mm-hmm. So then we get a silent pan through the ship, and we see Rex and Ahsoka just kind of chumming it up, but we don't hear what they're saying. And then the shot flips, and we get the view from Maul's perspective. And we can feel just how boxed in he really is. But we see his eyes, though. And that we is... We see his eyes. That's key. But let's keep going. So, so Maul, I think, either tries to reach out to Ahsoka through the Force and she feels it, or they both experience a tremor in the Force at the same time. I'm not sure which just yet. I interpreted I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? The, I interpreted that moment. I know the moment you're referring to, and I interpreted that as the latter. They both were likely to have felt something at the same point, that something was swelling. And the viewer can feel it too with that beautifully haunting synth. You just know something's happening, something is stirring, and they can feel it. That's how I interpreted that moment. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, When I first saw it, I thought that it was him trying to reach out to her, but then I thought about it. It's like, why would he do that particularly like what's his justification for doing yeah, so tried. exactly i think that the moving on a little bit i think that the shot of their transport reaching the republic cruiser is beautiful and i don't know about you but the lighting of it reminded me so much of that shot from rogue one uh with the star destroyer set against the death star just the the pale light of you know the, the side that was in in the light Versus the, the side that was in the shadows. Just the contrast really reminded me of that shot from, from Rogue One. I don't know if you know which shot I'm talking about. I may. But regardless, incredibly cinematic in its presentation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I have in my notes, and I already said it, that the clones already look like the faceless monsters we know them to be before Order 66 is even declared. They absolutely do. And it was it's telling that in this episode of all of all episodes that most were wearing their masks right and ironically enough and i think you were getting to this point where they arrived on the bridge and were walking through and we see some of the faces of the officers on the bridge of that cruiser salute ahsoka right, right. for the last time again yeah for the last time but everything in this episode much like a good film was presented with a purpose, right? 
we see those clone officers' faces looking into looking at us looking up to Ahsoka and saluting their commander with and it was so genuine. And the moment that right. Ahsoka and Rex shared you're yeah. about to get to that again right. incredibly genuine. Yeah, so she says to Rex, as a Jedi, we were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. But all I've been since I was a Padawan is a soldier. And Rex says, I've known no other way. And it gives us clones mixed feeling about us all about it all. Without it, we wouldn't exist. And then Ahsoka says, well, then some good has come from this. The Republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers, nor I a better friend. And then they salute each other and just rip my freaking heart out. <laughs> oh my god. That shot just... Oh. But it wasn't just a salute, man. It was also... They shared such a warm smile um, in that moment. Yeah. You could just... You could tell... The two of them have seen so much together. They've been through hell and back. And they trust each other. They rely on each other. And they know that the war may... You could tell the way that they were speaking the war might be over soon. Um, they could tell that they would they would want to be there for each other even after the war. Um, just genuine friendship. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost as if you can hear them having the conversation, so what are we going to do when this is all over? And them making plans and, and talking about their hopes and dreams for the future. But we don't get that moment because very shortly, very, very shortly after their salute, a deck officer comes in and says that the latest briefing has been transmitted. And Rex asks Ahsoka if she wants to come along, uh, to which she says no, saying that she's sure it's more good news. And the music actually is oddly hopeful for but a moment. Then it shifts to be more dark as we pan over to Maul's cell. We hear the audio from episode three as Anakin faces Mace Windu and Darth Sidious. We hear Hayden's voice, and then we hear Hayden's voice with Matt Lanter saying, what have I done? That whole scene is swirling around us. And then we get a close-up of a hologram of Darth Sidious saying, Execute Order 66. Yeah, man. And Rex says... There's a lot to unpack right there uh, before we go any further. Sure. Sure. Just the fact that this was incredible, man. The fact that we were able to, through Maul and Ahsoka, re-experience that moment, right? Where Vader is born. We experience that moment again, right? Because it felt fresh. And that's what's so cool about it. Ahsoka has, as we know, such a deep connection to Anakin, right? But the voices that were crying out of Palpatine, Windu, and Anakin were so... It was such a deep ripple in the Force that even Maul could hear it, right? And we see that with his eyes in this scene. Um, just one of the heavier moments 
in Star Wars. Um, and I think it was beautiful that they overlaid Hayden's voice with that of Matt Lanter. It kind of gave them both the credit for all they've done for the character of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And hearing Matt Lanter say at the end, because it's it's very prominent, it's very strong when he says, what have I done? It Again, it just brings a whole new light to that moment where Anakin died and Vader was born. Um, just exactly something else. Something else. Mm. So after Palpatine says, execute Order 66, we get a close-up of Rex saying, yes, Lord Sidious. Now, that was kind of weird. It's like, how did you know his name, buddy? I, I would assume that it has to do with the, the, the switch being flipped in his head, so to speak. Um, but I was caught off guard the first time I saw that. So Ahsoka comes forward then, and she says that she feels something terrible has happened with Anakin. And then Rex shakes and drops his helmet, and we know that it's about to go down. The other clones zero in on her and go to shoot her. But Rex barks out that he'll do it. He's shaking. A tear streaks across his cheek. And Rex yells out, stay back. Find him. Find him. Fives. Find him. Before shooting Ahsoka and all hell breaking loose. Really quick, I just want to talk about the restraint that Rex was able to show. Though it was only for a moment. It was only for a few seconds. He was able to hold Order 66 back just long enough to tell Ahsoka enough for her to save both of them. You know why How that beautiful is? was that? You know why that is? And we see this again later. I think in some small way, the Force is with Rex. And it, bear with me here, right? Order 66... The work of Sidious, the work of the dark side, right? Hardwired into his brain. He was able to fight that off, albeit briefly, with enough time to warn Ahsoka of what was happening and give her a hint as to, you know, what the hell was happening. That's some strength. And I think there might have, the force might have been working through Rex in that moment. Truly beautiful. Interesting. Interesting. I, see, I never thought of it as the Force. That's really interesting. I just thought it was his logical next step after that entire arc with Fives. I mean, this whole the whole latter part of the episode was a callback to that arc with, with Fives actually Absolutely. saving the day. Absolutely. But just that without that arc, uh, Rex wouldn't have known about these chips. He wouldn't have had an inkling about anything to do with Order 66. I think it's because he was part of that investigation and all of that, that he was able to fight it off for a few yeah. seconds. It might be the Force, it might not. I don't know. And he, but that was a really cool line of thought. And he wouldn't have known that if it weren't for uh, Five's discovery and sacrifice. But I'm just talking about the sheer strength it took to resist what was wired in his brain. Um, something special was happening there. Right. So then, after that beautiful moment, all hell breaks loose and the clones open fire on Ahsoka. 
And then the music shifts from the Blade Runner-esque synth that we've been hearing the entire episode to the score from Revenge of the Sith, the John Williams score, when Anakin is looking over the lava on Mustafar as he cries. It's that same exact song. And Ahsoka fights back, going ham, shooting or deflecting the blasters bolts to shoot a hole in the ceiling above her. Now they cease fire and they say that they got her. They don't got her. Um, they they see that she's escaped into the ceiling. And Rex instructs the Coruscant guard, the troopers with the red armor, the white and red armor, to go execute Maul. Now that was a bit interesting because Order 66 only had to do with members of the Jedi Order, not with a Sith assassin. I wonder if that was a special instruction from Sidious that we didn't see. I just kind of in, assumed that for Sidious, right? Maybe there was a prerequisite in the order that, you know, because of the rule of two, it's just Sidious and Vader. Any Force user, right? That could have been it. Uh, it's a possibility. Possibly. Obviously, obviously, the language of the law is, you know, we need to go execute all the Jedi for treason against the Republic, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, then Rex goes to explain Order 66 to his troops, and in doing so, he says, as you mentioned, all the Jedi must be executed, but then he adds, any clone who does not comply must also be executed. Now, that's going to come back later, I think. My prediction. So, the clones go to execute Maul in his in his cell. They open up his chamber, and he can't do anything to stop them. He's probably freaking out. His eyes then alert the troops to Ahsoka's presence behind them. And she just messes up their day. She cuts off the barrel of their, their blasters, throws them up into the ceiling, all this stuff. Really she cool. She doesn't kill them, though. But she doesn't kill them, exactly, because that is not the Jedi way. So she thinks that this might be partly his doing as she gets him out of his restraints. Maul then says that he is surprised that she made it. And then he starts becoming a little more introspective and putting the pieces together, and he says, Brilliant. I was not privy to my master's plan, but now, now I see it. He turned the Jedi's own army against them. Then Maul tries to bargain with Ahsoka. But Ahsoka, for some reason, I mean, I think I know the reason, is in survivor mode. She's not trying to make friends anymore. She's not trying to take his hand or join him or anything. She says, I'm not here to team up with you. I need a diversion, and you're it. Beautiful moment. Let's just talk about that for a second. Yes. Because, again, before he started to bargain, he was doing that thing, Sam Witwer my boy was doing that thing where he was getting introspective as he was speaking to another person. I love that. It was so good. He was laughing a little bit as he was starting to put the connect the dots and put the pieces together about the greater plan, you know, <laughs> genius. I wish I would have thought of it, but um, it, great. I, I just, I love the way that Maul has uh, just so good. But again, as you were saying, Ahsoka is, she's laser focused right now. She doesn't need Maul's help. She knows exactly what she wants to do, which, you know, we see what she ends up doing. Um, she doesn't need Maul for that. In right. just an episode now, before, she thought she might have, right? 
but again, like these characters are experiencing so much in such a short period of time that exactly she knows that like all right, yeah, I don't need this guy. Like, right, and it's not even character growth; it's just a change in circumstance. Exactly, these the circumstances are changing on a dime, as we know in Episode Three. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that as Star Wars fans, we're kind of groomed to expect her to give him the lightsaber or for him to ask her for the lightsaber and he does he asks her for a fighting chance right. which means he wants a lightsaber right. and she says I'm not rooting for you dude she wants him to die she doesn't care if he gets off this ship at all but we'll never kill somebody and that's right. speaks to her convictions whether they're Jedi right. or not right so Rex and the troops are looking for Ahsoka uh, and I noted again that they're still wearing their freaking helmets with her face on them. And I just got to say one word. Ironic. So Ahsoka goes to the droids, actually, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a side closet of the ship. She goes to these droids for help. Now, one of these droids, Cheap, played by Dave Filoni, actually, kind of sounds like Chopper from Rebels. The same kind of droid, I think. And she enlists these droids in her plot. So she gets them to pull up the files on fives, and she learns all about the inhibitor chips. But she's unable to bring up a sealed report from Rex. So she has the droid use Anakin's passcode 8018. Or is it 810? I think it's 8108. Now, that's actually a significant date. I don't know if you caught that little Easter egg, but that was the date of the premiere of the Clone Wars movie. Uh, Wow. It was, I think it was August 10th of 08. Very clever. I know, right? So, Rex in this hologram says that he can't believe it, but the chips might possibly have a purpose that the clones don't yet fully understand. And that everything kind of falls into place for Ahsoka, and she realizes just what's been going on. And then Maul. My God. Maul has an amazing hallway scene, a la Vader in Rogue One. Again, so many callbacks to Rogue One. He just cuts these clones' heads off with pieces of the wall. Dude, he's obliterating them. I mean, another trooper gets his arm cut off in the blast door as Maul pulls his arm back. I mean, dude. Boy, you always had a fighting chance. He didn't even need a lightsaber. That's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, dude, he didn't need no lightsaber. He didn't need a saber. I mean, oh, and, and one thing that uh, a Star Wars YouTuber YouTuber uh, was talking about that I saw that I agree with is that I really hope more and more Star Wars villains get hallway scenes like this where they're just allowed to go ham and destroy everybody in their way. I, I, I really think that I hope that that becomes a tradition. Yeah, I mean, it was so creative, almost like like the way he was using the force. Uh, wall panels as mm-hmm. a defense and an offense. Right. Oh, my and God. an offense. So, so good. That was incredible. I loved every second of that. It brings a whole new meaning to the best offense as a good defense. Yeah. Some serious force multitasking right there. Exactly. Now, I don't think this is going to be the last we'll see of Maul. And I know that Sam Whitwer has said that his hallway scene is not over yet. So I'm very excited for tomorrow's episode for more reasons than one, but this one in particular to see just how Maul's going to get off this ship. So 
Rex gets trapped in the hallway as the droids close the door around him. And one of the droids plays a hollow of Ahsoka as she tries to explain what's been happening to him. He pulls a gun on the droid and asks where she is. She appears right behind him and says, I'm right here, as one of the droids knocks him out. That gave me chills. Don't know about you. It did. She wasn't ready to give up on her friend. And I'm pretty sure that his resistance to Order 66 proved that he wasn't ready to give up on her either. So the clones are trying to breach the doors as Ahsoka and the droids take Rex to the medical bay. And Ahsoka instructs the droids to search for the inhibitor ship, but initially they can't find it. The clones find them in the med bay, and they start to break through that door too. Ahsoka goes to Rex, grabs her face, and chants, I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. And Rex starts to chant along with her. I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. And I'm telling you, bro, that chip shows up, and the droid gets to work removing it, and we're we're in business. We're in business. The clones breach the door as Ahsoka draws her sabers and fends them off. You know, she holds her own for a little bit, but then it's shot and falls back. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know what's gonna happen. Anything could go down here. Anything Looks at like all. Looks like she's in a bit of a bind. And we see Rex start to reach for his pistol, which, as you were saying, we don't know what's happening. Did they get the chip out of his brain or not? Is is he going to shoot her? Exactly. Yeah. All in just a few seconds. But then he fires, and we see his brothers fall. As Ahsoka Force pushes them out the door, and the door closes. He seems to have finally come to his senses and apologizes. And Ahsoka asks just how widespread this is. And he says, it's the entire Grand Army of the Republic that has been ordered to hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. Now, one thing that I noted that was kind of interesting was his use of the term Jedi Knights and not Jedi Order or something like that. I think that that might be a callback to Alec Guinness's line in A New Hope. That's exactly you know, the Jedi Knights it. were the guardians of peace and justice because, I mean, Jedi Knight is only one rank of Jedi. Um, whereas I feel like it would be more apt to call them the Jedi Order. But I think it was a really good little good little nugget, and it worked. Yes. Yeah, I, I was immediately thinking of Alec Guinness describing the Jedi and the Clone Wars to Luke with that line. But I th- um, I think that the choice of putting that term in there was beautiful because it provided just enough connective tissue to a new hope without seeming cheesy. Right? Agreed. It just gave us that little that little nugget that will connect these. And I think that's one thing that Dave Filoni is really great at. He's really great at providing that connective tissue for us to kind of chew on while giving us something fresh though. It's not fan it none of this has felt like fan service to me. I don't no. I'm sorry. You know, you can disagree with that, listener. Um, but it's not fan service. It's fresh. It's a fresh take on familiar characters and motifs that we've come to know over the years. And it's connect. It's bringing us back to a beautiful turning point in the saga. And it feels new. All of it. Even hearing the fight 
between Windu, Palpatine, and Anakin again. Like I said before, it felt new again. And that's just... It speaks to the pedigree of this series and of this final arc. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that the clones are still coming to break through the door as the episode ends and we fade to black. And there's no triumphant music to play us out this time. Holy hell. And we don't know we I'll don't know what's going to happen next, man. We don't know no, where this dude, there's finale been is no, going to take us. There's been no promotional footage of the final episode. Everything has just been well all of it was just episode episode 9. Well, it was all episode nine was the only promos that we had seen for this final arc. Yep. So we don't know at all. Um, unfortunately, there have been spoilers that have been put online. I haven't seen them. You haven't seen them. I'm avoiding the internet like the plague tonight. Um, just we'll just one put night. this episode up and, yeah. you know, just one night. I mean, it's easy enough. Yeah, just one sleep. But anyway, so <laughs> one sleep. I mean, not if you don't go to sleep like me. But <laughs> oh, man. I just got to say again, holy hell, Kevin Connor, you son of a gun. He did it again. The music of this was so different. It was sci-fi, which Star Wars isn't really sci-fi, but like it worked because it was calling back to a theme that is so prevalent in sci-fi, that of the replicant, that of the human who isn't really human. Now, just some of my other takeaways. Initially, I actually wanted to see another Order 66 montage where we saw all of the other Jedi that we have come to know and love get murked, but we already know what happens to them elsewhere. And I think I like more how they stuck to just Ahsoka and Rex. What do you think? It works, and it gives more weight to these characters and their journey, right? This moment, it's a new moment for us, the viewer. It all worked, and we didn't need a montage, right? This, As cinematic as it is, it isn't a movie, right? It's a retelling of these events that we know. Um, and for me, someone who's played through all of Jedi Fallen Order, and I know that you're going to get through it, not really a spoiler, uh, but this is the third time now that I've experienced Order 66 from a unique point of view. And uh, wow. <laughs> I think I'm good. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I need another Order 66 in my life after this. Mm-hmm, right. I think third time is know charm. That- I know that someone on prequel memes is uh, on Reddit is stitching together all of these episodes with the movie, and I am so excited for that. I, I, like I don't even care cut. that we're going to be going exactly. It'll be a three and a half hour cut, and I don't even care that we're going from animation to live action, because hell, most of Revenge of the Sith was animation anyway. <laughs> Let's be honest, yeah, and you know this season, the animation has been just silky smooth. So lifelike. It has. So good. It has been. My last note is that I, again, I just think it was so beautiful that they used some of the scenes from the film. I mean, that Jedi Council scene verbatim, the audio of Anakin's confrontation with Windu and Palpatine. We got one more sleep until a final episode of this show that has been going on for 11, 12 years, and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I feel so different about this story ending than I do other shows ending. Because it's just, it it means a lot more to us 
right? Not just the two of us here on this pod, but everyone listening, all of the prequel fans, Star Wars fans around the world. We're not, we're not gonna have prequel content uh, anymore. Uh, we're moving on. We've moved on from the Skywalker saga already. This is just a really nice bonus. Let's be honest. Um, we're not gonna have Star Wars for a while. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be rough. You're still gonna have us. Don't worry. We're gonna be here every week. Um, we're gonna get through this, guys. I promise. But and luckily, we are getting a whole host of new content tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is May the Fourth. Happy Star Wars Day. May the Fourth be with you. Uh, <laughs> Star and Wars Day. We're getting Eve a right bunch now. of Star Wars Day Eve. Um, <laughs> remember, kids. Remember, kids. If you put your blue milk curdles under your pillow, Yoda will come visit you tonight. <laughs> Yeah, he'll give you credits. He'll give you credits. <laughs> uh, but but no, we are getting a bunch of new content on Disney Plus tomorrow. We're getting a behind-the-scenes documentary, eight-part documentary of The Mandalorian Season 1, which I am very excited to watch and discuss with you, Jeff. Um, we're also getting The Rise of Skywalker on Disney Plus, so we will have the entire Star Wars Skywalker saga on Disney Plus. I know that doesn't matter for us. Uh, both of us own The Rise of Skywalker on digital and Blu-ray. I've probably watched it like five times this week. Not gonna lie. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta watch it enough <laughs> so I can, you know, memorize it beat for beat. Oh, man. Um, it, it's actually my first experience watching a 4K film on my own. Um, I know I, I, my first experience with you, Jeff. Actually, I know. Um, but I, the the digital copy is 4K and it's supported on my iPhone. Um, for some reason, my TV and my computer aren't um, aren't supporting. Uh, the file but it's anyway it's beautiful on my phone exactly we'll give it some time so that'll do it for us um, i don't know how long we've been going i know we wanted to do a shorter episode tonight because we have a lot coming tomorrow i don't think we achieved that goal <laughs> i think we went a little longer <laughs> which is okay which it's is fine. okay i mean we're going to be recording we're both going to watch you know when we wake up tomorrow and we're going to hop on the uh, hop on the old recording machine shortly thereafter and drop our thoughts for you guys for the final episode of the clone wars so Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on Spotify or the podcast app. Leave us a five-star review with your thoughts. We really appreciate those reviews. Um, and the biggest way we can actually grow is if you guys tell your friends. So if you have friends that are Star Wars fans, please send them our way. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Jargon Pod. That's J-E-D-I-J-A-R-G-O-N. Pod. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and you can actually email us as well at JediJargonPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and remember, the pod will be with you always.